0: I'm author and athlete Brad Kearns. Welcome to the Be Rad Podcast, where we explore ways to pursue peak performance with passion throughout life. Visit bradkearns.com for great resources on healthy eating, exercise, and lifestyle. And here we go with the show. Some people accumulate fat in different areas. You're looking down at your calves, your thighs, they wish they looked differently like someone else. And then other people are accumulating fat in uh, the upper body more so and you know wish they could reposition the subcutaneous fat. Another thing that visceral fat is blamed for is the aromatization of testosterone into estrogen fasting, keto, carb restriction, time-restricted eating all turn on stress hormones and that is indeed the mechanism by which they work. Hello listeners, it's time for part two of fitness suggestions for anti-aging. Greetings, my fitness-minded listeners. I want to acquaint you with the Primal Fitness Expert Certification Program, the most comprehensive home study multimedia fitness education course in the world. If you want to enhance your personal knowledge of all aspects of leading a healthy, active, fit lifestyle, this total immersion course will be life-changing. I'm the lead instructor and author of the course, and we have 14 chapters of extensive written content with over 100 accompanying videos covering topics such as general everyday movement, including micro workouts and dynamic workstation tips, the full experience of gym-based strength training and all the different modalities, a complete presentation, on all aspects of sprinting, both running and low-impact options, an assortment of high-intensity interval training and high-intensity repeat training strategies this amazing home-based fitness education for you. And you get one-on-one expert email support and private Facebook group connection throughout your studies to ensure that you absorb everything optimally and you pass your series of exams and get certified. So go to primalhealthcoach.com Brad to enjoy a very special limited time. And I'm not kidding. This is a big time discount just for you, 25% off your tuition, a fantastic premium offer at primalhealthcoach.com slash brad for the most comprehensive fitness course you can ever find we shouldn't say anti-aging we should say aging gracefully okay fitness suggestions for aging gracefully part two and in the wonderful part one we covered these pillars of fitness that are consisting of aerobic conditioning Uh, and on that note, how aerobic conditioning is intertwined with a variety of other fitness pursuits. Uh, So so to think in a bigger picture perspective than the often cited desperate need to go out and bank your hours in what they are now calling zone two exercise with the comfortable jogging, pedaling, rowing, whatever it is. I like to think of this in a big picture and uh, realize that your aerobic conditioning requirements are met when you are lifting weights, when you are sprinting, and when you are walking slowly. So we do have a health, fitness, longevity imperative to build our cardiovascular fitness, our aerobic fitness, but I want to envision it in a broader perspective than we typically do where we have to go get on the Stairmaster or the stationary bike and pedal away. Uh, Luckily, the emphasis on Doing aerobic conditioning at comfortable heart rates uh, has now risen to the forefront and especially the importance of avoiding those workouts that are overly strenuous, those prolonged cardiovascular sessions, but we can also relax a little bit and realize that everything we do is building our aerobic machinery. Then we covered uh, resistance exercise as the next pillar and had great discussion about the tremendous benefits of Maintaining functional muscle mass as we age and emphasizing full body functional compound movements as the centerpiece of our resistance training protocol. Uh, I love the Big Five workout as detailed by Dr. Doug McGuff on our podcast interview, as well as in his great book, Body by Science. And I've really been uh, trying to be consistent there with going over to the gym and throwing down a big five workout on the recommended frequency of once a week, a single set to failure of five compound movements. It seems like ridiculously minimal commitment to strength training. But if you can keep uh, punching that every week, you're going to get stronger. And the research strongly validates this idea. Uh, Interestingly, I missed uh, quite a few weeks due to injuries and recovering from Other types of workouts. And then when I got back into my big five routine, I picked up not only where I left off, but was a little bit stronger on a couple of the moves. And it's such an awakening to realize that, you know, we have this desperate need to go and get something done every single day and write something down impressive in our journal, especially the endurance mindset of how many miles per week are you running or pedaling, but then taking a lot of time off to rest and recover and then going back in. And having a performance breakthrough uh, will keep you, will will set you straight if you have a tendency to worry or stress about your schedule being imperfect on a certain week or a certain month. So, we covered resistance, then, we covered uh, brief explosive all out sprinting, uh, especially the benefits of doing it uh, at high impact on flat ground. But of course, the need for many of us to work toward that goal and build and build steadily with uh, doing low or no impact sprints if necessary to increase our competency, then go out there and doing some wind sprints, just uh, teaching the body gently and gracefully how to sprint if it's been a while, which it probably has for many of us, and then you can uh, throw that into your schedule to great benefit. So uh, just those uh, three categories, of course, was sufficient content for a whole show, and now we're going to get into this part two, where I'll cover another one of the often cited pillars of fitness that is balance, maintaining balance, uh, proprioception, and exercises, uh, sports and activities that help hone balance. Uh, We'll also talk about flexibility and mobility as a category that we could throw in there, and then no discussion about fitness would be complete before we talk about the critical role of dietary habits and even supplementation can play in the big picture. So let's start with balance. Yeah, kind of important. Um, The research shows that the number one cause of injury and death in Americans over age 65 is falling and the associated adverse health consequences So it's not to say that people are falling out of windows left and right and coming to their uh, sudden death, but it's the related consequences and the familiar example of an elderly, frail person falling during routine household activities and breaking their hip, being bedridden, uh, suffering the accelerated decline in things like organ function, muscle mass, uh, to the extent that they uh, can't get back out of bed, and they succumb to something like pneumonia because their lungs aren't strong enough to to cough it out due to their inactivity. So when you're bedridden, boy, that's a real uh, blow to any of your health, fitness, or longevity aspects, and a bad fall will render you bedridden. Uh, So many other morbid examples that we can uh, try to strive to avoid. Uh, Traumatic brain injury can uh, come from a fall and hitting your head on something, and then you're uh, going down that road. What I think is super relevant here is how so many fitness activities require little or no balance. So you can be checking all these boxes and getting gold stars because you are kicking butt on the Peloton and you're ranked in the top 20% or however those uh, reports come back. And then the next day you're pumping some impressive iron in the gym, lifting up stacks of weights. And then the next day you're completing a 10K run or a half marathon, Uh, but those do not have a high demand for advanced balance skills. And so throwing in even some basic workouts that hone your balancing skills, they're not time consuming, they're not strenuous, so they're not interfering with Uh, the energy expenditure that you put out uh, toward those other goals and and endeavors that I mentioned. But boy, they can be super challenging, super fun to strive to get better at something where you're shocked at how poorly you perform when you have to do, uh, for example, some Uh, calisthenics or some strength training on one leg. Um, And so if you are one of those people who are hoisting the heavy bar, putting a lot of weight on your back and uh, racking up PR numbers for your squat, uh, why don't you try uh, putting one leg on an elevated surface, the Bulgarian split squat and squatting down on a single leg without even adding any weight at all, just simply performing that move, uh, let's say for 12 reps, you might even be sore the next day. I know I've experienced this myself where I can go perform a nice proper set of squats with heavy weight, but then single leg, all bets are off and you have to build new skills. And it's super important to do exercises Uh, One leg at a time, because most athletic fitness and everyday activities are performed one leg at a time, like walking, like running, like jumping off one leg, or even if you're dunking off two feet, you're stepping into that jump one leg at a time. And uh, interestingly, in contrast, uh, a lot of stuff we do, a lot of uh, athletic or fitness or everyday work efforts are done with two arms at a time. So we're lifting up things with two hands. We're carrying things frequently with two hands, uh, but one leg at a time seems to be the prevailing uh, athletic and fitness endeavor, but we don't work it one at a time too much. Uh, interesting for me, if you uh, look through my morning routine, enroll in the mastery course, I highly recommend it. It's so fun. And there's so many great ideas to learn and custom develop your own morning routine. Uh, but I do have some interesting balanced challenges in there. And it's kind of uh, fun to uh, reflect on how every day I do these, they're still difficult, I'm uh, getting a tiny bit better. But when I step on that soft pad, that two and a half inch pad, and try to balance on one leg for uh, a count of uh, 60, it's it's not strenuous to the, the musculature, but it's a challenge for the brain And I step off from uh, that particular exercise, and I feel a sense of central nervous system fatigue from concentrating so hard. Uh, People try to talk to me if I'm standing and balancing one leg, and I can't do it, I fall, you know? And so getting that brain a little challenge is certainly helpful, and I would contend translates directly into all manner of not only fitness endeavors but cognitive endeavors too so being able to concentrate and calm down the sewing machine leg that you're trying to stand on and just you know kind of get that balance uh, get that proprioception dialed up to maximum so that you can complete your chosen exercise and a casual observer might not be as impressed as when you're cranking uh, with the barbells or doing something explosive but a huge uh, need for this in fitness so Um, Dr. Lux from that great article, I have some uh, excerpts where, again, he's uh, trying to establish these pillars for exercise, and he mentions aerobic conditioning, resistance training, uh, high-intensity sprinting, and balance training. Yes, indeed, balance training. When chronic disease sets the stage for our decline as we age, this ultimately leads to frailty and demise, and the risk is centerpiece there on falling. And again, these problems, it's a really scary spiral downward because each fall becomes progressively harder to recover from. A horrifying stat cited by Dr. Lux in the article, 50% of you might die within a year of suffering a hip fracture. So how do we minimize our risk of falls and the injuries associated with the falls and the severity of the falls directly related to muscle mass, strength, and balance? So we've talked about muscle mass and strength. Um, If you have good muscle mass and strength and you do happen to fall, <laughs> off your bicycle or you're uh, falling on the basketball court when you're doing something awesome guess what your recovery the success of your recovery and the speed of your recovery is going to be dramatically accelerated because you went into the misfortune uh fully loaded with all uh, the attributes rather than going into something uh with frailty uh, this is an important point to mention uh while we excitedly say that it's never too late to start. And I believe in the last show, I mentioned how the senior citizen age group has the highest rate of improvement from strength training of any other age group, which is so exciting. And so anyone off the street or out of the nursing home uh, is well served to get up and start doing some dumbbell curls. But here's some good news on the other side. When you have a great commitment to fitness in your younger years and decades, you will induce epigenetic changes that will affect your lifespan, quote from Dr. Lux. So an athletic youth where you're building that muscle mass, you are doing explosive things, you are working on your balance, you will uh, kind of imprint into your genes that you are an athletic person and you will hold on to these attributes even if you uh, slip and fall off as you get older. And of course, then when it's time to turn it on and return to the gym, the court, uh, whatever the challenges that were kind of put on the, uh, the back burner for a while, you're going to be much more adaptable. Um, exercise leads to some of these genes being turned on, and these genes might decrease your, decrease your risk of cardiovascular disease, insulin resistance, premature aging, neurocognitive decline, and so on. So I guess we could close this idea by saying it's never too late to start no matter where you're starting from. And it's also never too early to start. And I think this is an important point to emphasize these days because uh, the youth is probably less active than any other time in the history of humanity thanks to our advanced technology, the constant entertainment provided by mobile device and screen use. And so we've uh, kind of eliminated... Uh, some of the built-in exercise and activity that was a necessary part of life Uh, back in uh, other generations. And of course, I can uh, reference like many uh, in my age group or near uh, this active childhood where we're out running around every afternoon because we didn't have mobile devices to keep us uh, entertained and interested indoors. You get bored in 10 minutes, then you're out and about and into the community, into nature. And so many of those things uh, have now been sort of uh, marginalized. I was going to say taken away, but guess what? <laughs> Nature is still out there. Young people beckoning for you to go out and play at whatever age you are. And, um, you know, it's time to get to it because it is going to influence the genetic expressions that happen over the course of the uh, ensuing decades and the natural uh, processes of aging that lead to uh, graceful uh, but steady decline you want to stave those off with an active youth. Okay. So as far as what types of balance exercises to do, I would recommend starting with some single leg squats. So you can elevate the uh, rear leg and then try to lower down. You might need to use some uh, support at first, but just start putting in some of those reps and see those glutes engage uh, more so than you might notice when you're doing Uh, squats with um, two feet. And so that's kind of a basic, they call it the Bulgarian split squat. And then you can also do single leg uh, deadlift type of exercise, Uh, Romanian single leg deadlift, they call it. And you don't need weight. Again, you can just kind of do this with a support object or without if you start to get competent. Uh, I call in the drinking birds where I'm just uh, have one straight leg that I'm balancing on and I extend the other leg behind me also straight until that rear leg becomes parallel to the ground. So it's like an oil derrick going back and forth. I'm returning to a standing position. I'm lowering down um, drinking birds. You can look up links on YouTube for some of these, or you can look at my morning exercise routine and I'll give you a great progression exercises for each one. And you can, Now integrate an assortment of single legged exercises into your regimen. So those two examples, the Bulgarian split squat and the Romanian single leg deadlift, you can do those uh, in a, indoor on a surface in the gym floor whatever. And then I also have videos on YouTube for jumping drills. And a lot of those drills are jumping off of one leg and they go with uh, basic and then some more advanced. So we'll put the links to those YouTube videos and anything where you're launching off the ground off of one foot, Uh, Wonderful for not just balance, but also uh, bone density and then landing gracefully is the second aspect of the challenge. So you want to take off gracefully and use your balance to get a good, successful, safe launch off the ground and then land appropriately too. So hey, what could be more simple than that uh, to integrate balance into your fitness regimen? And then I like to uh, craft a distinct category called flexibility and mobility. Um, And again, back to that example of having all these fitness endeavors in your pipeline, but not really addressing uh, too much the need to develop flexibility and mobility. Um, You can think of the uh, endurance, the popular endurance endeavors, like triathlon, swimming, biking, and running. Uh, None of those three really Uh, challenge flexibility and mobility and even a lot of uh, athletic events like playing tennis or golf or basketball Um, we are told that they have a premium on flexibility and mobility, but unfortunately, you can go and participate in those things with very low scores in these areas. And then what you're going to get or what you're going to see is someone with a crappy golf swing or someone who's uh, lurching up and down the basketball court rather than moving gracefully. Um, And we're talking about a recipe for injury risk and mediocre performance in comparison to Uh, putting in some time and effort to do flexibility and mobility drills. Fortunately, these are becoming a prominent and popular area of fitness. I remember seeing many years ago, these guys were doing, I think it was called GMB Fitness, and they had a lot of online programming. Um, Kelly Starrett at the Ready State is one of the most popular uh, providers out there. My friend Tim D. Francesco at TDAthletesEdge.com, former strength and conditioning coach for the Los Angeles Lakers, and now putting out fantastic content on Instagram to help you with not only injuries and injury prevention, but overall becoming a more fit and competent athlete. And of course, Ben Patrick, knees over toes guy, whom I've adapted many of his exercises because they're very helpful for uh, rehab and injury prevention from the recurring uh, problems that I experience. So you can see on my Instagram, I've been doing the uh, reverse Nordic curls and the regular Nordic curls and trying to uh, gracefully and carefully build up my competency to become uh, resilient and bulletproof for all the other athletic endeavors that I put in. And so uh, again, my morning routine is showing you Uh, all kinds of uh, scalable flexibility and mobility challenges that you can pick and choose from and try something that's a little difficult, a little out of your comfort zone, uh, but you'll get better and better each day. Um, My leg circles where I'm just laying on the mat and making a 360 degree circle with my swinging leg is a great place to start because whatever level you can perform at now, your circles might be a little smaller than uh, they will be. If you keep working at it, keep working at it. And I also have some good videos on YouTube. Uh, Titles would be um, pre-workout dynamic stretching, dynamic stretching for the office, uh, beginner running drills, and then I mentioned the jumping drills. Okay, there you have it. So we've covered balance and flexibility slash mobility. Now let's take a pause and wonder or ask the question, what might happen to me if I don't stay fit and I don't attack these pillars of aging gracefully and avoiding a disease and demise? And the number one symptom or the number one indication that things are going off track as you age Might be, it might be argued that the presence of visceral fat is indicative of all kinds of other problems under the hood. And that is the accumulation of fat in the midsection. This is fat that surrounds the uh, important organs in the midsection and accumulates on the belly in a manner where it's uh, firm. So you see the familiar beer belly from the, uh, the middle-aged uh, male human, uh, but also is everything's uh, the same prominence and the same relevance to females. So uh, females with a tendency to accumulate extra abdominal fat, males with the same tendency, this is an extreme health problem because this fat is a categorized metabolically different than the more familiar subcutaneous fat that we tend to gather uh, in a variety of areas in the body. Uh, often that is genetically influenced. So Right. So some people accumulate fat in different areas. You're looking down at your calves, your thighs, they wish they look differently like someone else. And then other people are accumulating fat in uh, the upper body uh, more so and you know wish they could um, you know re- reposition the uh, subcutaneous fat. Uh, generally, when you're dropping excess body fat, you're going to drop it in a consistent manner, again, with some genetic influence probably, where you're going to see Um, a little bit going off your calves, your thighs, uh, your neck, whatever. Uh, But the visceral fat, we have to focus on that because that's a whole different deal. And there are uh, a lot of people with the genetic particulars to not be inclined to store much subcutaneous fat. And Dr. Maffetone uh, politely calls these people skinny fat because they appear to be slender, especially when they're clothed in the latest fashions. But there is an unwanted accumulation of visceral fat around the abdomen. And this visceral fat is actually classified as a separate organ because it secretes these inflammatory agents called cytokines into the bloodstream. And this promotes that horrible condition that we've often been uh, warned about called systemic inflammation or chronic inflammation. So we uh, exist in an inflammatory state thanks to, thanks in part to, the visceral fat around our organs, around our abdomen, secreting these inflammatory cytokines into the bloodstream. Another thing that visceral fat is blamed for is the aromatization of testosterone into estrogen. And this is a horrible, vicious cycle because the uh, accumulation of more estrogen and less testosterone promotes the accumulation of more visceral fat. And so we have this Uh, fork in the road for our lives and our health and our disease protection and our future vitality. And that is, if you start to accumulate a bit of visceral fat, it begets the accumulation of more visceral fat. So you start a little bit of aromatizing, you start a little bit of inflammatory cytokines uh, released into the bloodstream. And this state of adverse metabolic health will sort of lead you down that fork in the road to the, 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 the bad destination. And so it really is a battle. It's a valiant battle that you want to keep that visceral fat off your body uh, for as long as possible and for as long as you live, ideally. And of course, this is age-associated, and if you sit around and do nothing, if you just watch your life unfold right, and and, uh, participate in the trends of modern culture and modern society, you are going to pack on more and more and more visceral fat as the years and decades go by from things that promote it, like inactivity, from adverse food choices, especially the consumption of the refined industrial seed oils that inhibit the burning of stored body fat. And from adverse exercise uh, habits, including insufficient exercise, and in very rare cases, the extreme exercise uh, can throw you out of whack metabolically. But we're mostly talking about getting up and moving more throughout the day, not being in that category of what they call active couch potato. And that's someone who has an impressive dedication to fitness and workouts, but otherwise sits around a lot throughout the day and maybe even uh, takes some free passes to consume indulgent food because of your commitment to fitness. So we got to clean up the diet. We got to get more active and do whatever is possible to stave off the accumulation of visceral fat. And yes, Dr. Maffetone and others are talking urgently to those in the skinny fat category because by and large, they will uh, accept that their physique is optimal or acceptable uh, because they look slender. Uh, But again, Um, even a little bit of visceral fat accumulation, and you can go test your blood and uh, look at things like inflammatory factors like high-sensitivity C-reactive protein. You can look at HbA1c. That's the um, average uh, level of blood glucose over a long time period. You can look at fasting glucose. You can look at fasting insulin, which Dr. Paul Saladino contends is the most important blood marker, but is rarely ordered on routine blood tests. Um, Just went through this with Mia Moore, where uh, I chipped in uh, for her annual checkup and blood draw. And I said, please also ask for fasting insulin and vitamin D. And it was like a big ordeal back and forth. Like, why do you need that? Oh, because Dr. Saladino says it's the number one marker for uh, metabolic health as you age. So anyway, uh, do the same, ask for fasting insulin. Maybe it'll become a more popular test. Saladino says urgently, uh, and others, right? But uh, urgently, you want to get under 15. Under 6 is optimal. And then if you're down in the low numbers, I just got my report. I think it was 2.3 or something. So I'm not headed toward insulin resistance or metabolic syndrome anytime soon. And that's a nice um, checkpoint to cross through. And easier and less expensive than doing blood tests is to mind your physique take a look at it, take pictures, make yourself accountable, right? Uh, you've heard a lot of talk about, don't step on the scale every day, it, it'll It'll uh, it'll trip you out. And that might be uh, appropriate advice for people, especially those at risk of disordered eating. Uh, but Dr. Ron Sinha offered a different take when he was on my interview. And he said he recommends many of his patients uh, step on the scale every single day, uh, check their weight, realizing that we have a natural fluctuation of around four to... F- hey man, how's your sexual function? Oh, uncomfortable talking about it? Look, we talk about our injured knees, our belly fat, so it's time to get focused on function. I want to tell you about Gaines Wave. This is a cutting-edge protocol where a handheld device sends low-intensity shock waves into your penile blood vessels to stimulate a healing response and promote increased blood circulation and the growth of new blood vessels. A skilled practitioner puts the Gaines Wave magic wand onto your magic wand, and after a series of six to 12 very brief treatments, which are painless, but extremely effective, you get real results. Gaines Wave reports an 80% success rate. Now, You have nothing to lose and lots to gain from gainswave.com slash Brad. Five pounds based on inflammation, water retention, and uh, level of glycogen storage. And so he says himself, he's a very fit, uh, active uh, physician in his late 40s, I believe. He says that when he sees his body weight at the low range of his five pound uh, flux, his typical five pound flux, He uh, believes that that represents doing a lot of exercise in recent times and possibly being uh, low on the glycogen storage side. And so that will be his signal to back off a little bit and refuel uh, with more devotion. And if he sees himself on the high side of that five pound flux, uh, it's time to go out there and slam some impressive workouts and then keep things back in gear. And of course, then um, exceeding your typical flux uh, is a sign that maybe things are creeping uh, out of control. And so this notion, uh, this flawed notion that, oh, we went on the cruise, the buffets were great, And oh my gosh, I gained seven pounds in a single week. It's not really that you gained, you added that much body fat because a pound of fat weighs 3,500 calories. It's very, very difficult to eat your way into gaining a pound of fat. But of course, you can do it easily over a longer time period. But when you come back and step on the scale and you're seven pounds heavier, you are fully glycogen stored, and you have probably inflammation, water retention, and then you can go and lose that quickly by just recalibrating your diet, your exercise habits, getting healthy, uh, getting rid of those inflammatory, heavily processed foods. So just to put some perspective on the use of the scale, the appropriate use of the scale to keep you accountable, but not tripping out as you uh, vary day by day by day, to the tune of perhaps a five pound range, maybe less if you're lighter and maybe more if you're heavier. Okay, so uh, we talked about causes of this accumulation of visceral fat, um, all that stillness, the great research from Dr. Herman Ponzer. He revealed this on uh, one of his interviews on the show, but he was saying that they don't exactly know why in great detail, but a lot of sitting around. Uh, causes an inflammatory response in the body. So chronic sitting promotes chronic inflammation. Uh, Chronic consumption of heavily processed foods, especially the refined industrial seed oils, uh, will promote systemic inflammation and the accumulation of visceral fat. um, Chronic stress and uh, poor stress management techniques will also lead to inflammatory conditions in the body. And we also have to put in a plug for the endocrine disruptors in our environment. Uh, My interview with Melanie Avalon talked about this a little bit, especially focusing on skincare and cosmetics. Uh, But the big areas, uh, the big needs to improve and need to focus on areas for all of us are first, plastics touching our food and drink. So just keep that in the back of your mind. We do not want plastics touching our food and drink. If you're thirsty and you're in the airport and you have to buy a plastic water bottle, hey, go ahead, that's fine once in a while. Um, Pour it right into your stainless steel bottle that you carry through, security empty, and then you are good to go, Um, especially doing things like microwaving food in plastic. I'm shocked when I still see people doing that, uh, despite uh, what I thought was widespread understanding that um, you're heating up those plastic molecules and they are diving right into your salmon or whatever you're uh, microwaving and so um, especially heating up plastic. Uh, But as soon as you get takeout or something in a plastic container, please switch it over to a beautiful plate and enjoy the experience and stay away from that. Um, We have the other category of skincare and cosmetics, which was covered in detail on the show. But anything you put on your skin is going right into your bloodstream. Uh, So it is a huge uh, category of uh, attention and trying to get as clean, and toxin free as possible. That's why I'm so excited to associate with Beauty Counter. You heard my wonderful, enthusiastic commercial uh, on the shows. And so right now in the middle of the show, uh, I'll give them a plug again. Uh, But I've been really been taking care of my skin uh, better than I ever have in my life for the last couple of years, especially my face. Um, part of a one person study to see if I can reverse all the wrinkles that have accumulated in the first uh, 55 years. And so we'll report back on that later. Uh, but I also like their new product, Clean Dio, and it's a completely Uh, toxin-free deodorant and interesting about that is when you're looking at those pores under your arms they're very uh, it's a very large porous area so when you apply a deodorant with chemicals on it you are dumping that right into your bloodstream so again another huge area that's so simple to uh, recalibrate and turn around so go to beautycounter.com slash brad kearns order up the clean deo Uh, It smells great. It's got natural uh, scent from natural sources rather than just about every other antiperspirant and deodorant on the market has chemicals in there. Uh, And so you probably understand the distinction between antiperspirant and deodorant. The antiperspirant has the aluminum and the chemicals that uh, retard the sweating uh, under the arms. And the deodorant is just something that um, it, it doesn't retard the sweating, So if you're trying to get healthier and less chemical exposure, the first switch you're going to do is switching from antiperspirant to deodorant, and then the deodorant that masks the odor, uh, almost all commercial deodorants, even the hippy trippy, cool sounding alternative brands contain chemicals. And what is the code word for unknown chemicals in your consumer skincare product? It is the word fragrance or natural fragrance. Um, There's way more details on the Beauty Counter website. Uh, Melanie Avalon biohacking podcast great show has full length shows uh, just on topics like these where the stuff they are sneaking into consumer skincare products. So I hate to be a, um, a, a, a radical here or a pot stirrer, but if you are looking at a major prominent brand, uh, do not trust them uh, one inch because they are dumping in whatever they can. And it's been the way of American consumerism for decades, right? They're just trying to get away with whatever and get the right smell out there per their focus group. And they don't care about the chemical impact and the endocrine disrupting impact on the body. And especially with antiperspirant, the aluminum has had a strong association with breast cancer because of the proximity to the breast tissue and also with uh, cognitive Diseases like Alzheimer's, dementia. Um, so, uh, going through those major categories: plastics on your food and drink, skincare, skincare and cosmetics, uh, household cleaners, and laundry detergent. Because whatever you're putting in your laundry detergent is going onto your clothes, which is going onto your skin. Right. Um, so now it's great you can find these eco-friendly detergents all over the place. Same with household cleaners. Dr. Bronner, one of the old time. Uh, natural product makers with those wonderful, crazy labels. Um, you can use that product to clean every surface in your house and also on your body. Uh, shampoo. I brush my teeth with it about once a month. It's kind of strong, but it's a nice feeling to get really clean teeth from Dr. Bronner's. Um, so get a eco-friendly, chemical-free laundry detergent. Again, anything put out by the major brands is going to sound Uh, healthy, but you can look on the label and see those code words, uh, natural fragrance, things like that. So household cleaners and detergent is another category. And then of course, uh, air pollution, so we will do the best we can there with our living situations and our choice of outdoor exercise. I'm continually amazed to see people jogging down busy boulevards. I just <laughs> I don't know what they're thinking. Um, somehow they're uh, able to overcome the unpleasant sensation of noise and cars and honking horns and exhaust fumes. Uh, But, you know, find an appropriate place to exercise outdoors where you're away from automobile traffic, especially if you're pedaling a 20 pound bicycle uh, amidst 2000 pound automobiles. It's just not a good deal. And I can't emphasize that uh, enough from my many years uh, on the road pedaling my bicycle and fortunately uh, being able to survive that ordeal and stand here and live to tell about it. Um, strongly against uh, road cycling uh, on the open road with vehicles because you're putting your life in your hands to an extreme that nothing is comparable in your daily routine unless you're a skydiver or a base jumper or a parkour athlete. Nothing compares to the danger that you incur when you head out your door and pedal your bicycle with the vehicles and thank thank you very much but uh, today's vehicle uh, motorist uh, is now uh, with mobile device in the car and probably in hand or probably on a mount where they are easily distracted unlike uh, any other time in history and fortunately i did my writing uh, 20 25 years ago when there were no mobile devices and there weren't that many SUVs out there yet. And so it seemed a lot safer. And boy, just think twice and find the most safe and uh, less trafficked, well-lit route you can find if you insist on pedaling your bicycle outdoors and buy the most obnoxious, loud, fluorescent clothing from head to toe, your helmet, your shirt, your shorts. Uh, Because I think uh, many cyclists have no idea as the dusk hour nears, when our visibility is dramatically reduced from uh, bright sunlight earlier in the day, and they're wearing their stylish kit of black and dark green, and these tones on their clothing uh, blend in nicely with the uh, the trees and the bushes and all the other uh, sights around, and so they're really really hard to see, especially around dusk. And so bright colors, I think, makes a big difference. Wearing a rearview mirror. That you can mount onto your helmet. Those are easily found on Amazon. I'll even put a link in the show notes and beg you to get one if you're a cyclist. So there goes my pitch for cycling safety. Uh, an offshoot from one of the things on the category of endocrine disruptors, uh, that being air pollution, especially when you're sucking air and you're breathing a lot of air, you're breathing what is it, six times more oxygen than you are at rest when you're out there for a light exercise. So please get off the busy roads. And then finally, in this category of endocrine disruptors would be the emf and the wi-fi so do your best to uh, not have your phone pressed against your brain for hours throughout the day and then uh, finding a a wi-fi free area especially when you go to sleep that was a great point made by uh, i think it was dr anthony j author of estrogeneration where we really have uh, an intense need to get into parasympathetic rest and digest mode At night when we go to sleep. So we are better able to handle the onslaught of environmental pollution during the day when we're wired on energy and sympathetic nervous system. We can fight this stuff off. But when we lay our head on the pillow, that's when we want uh, the most calming and pollution free environment. So it's as simple as uh, turning off your Wi-Fi every night. Or if you have gamers that play late at night and you can't very well turn off Wi-Fi, have it as far away from your your bed as possible. I remember moving my son into apartment at UCLA and they had the bed placed there. And like right at the head of the bed was the giant uh, installation of the cable modem and the router and all this equipment and cords and plugs and uh, power strip. And I'm like, well, I guess that last student didn't care, uh, but this ain't going to happen. So we had to reposition everything in the room, unfortunately, at the insistence of the annoying father who was moving in that day. Okay. Okay, another important point to emphasize here is this accumulation of a little spare tire is not normal. I do not want you to perceive that as a normal consequence of aging, that you're going to say goodbye to the six-pack and hello to the pony keg, as the old joke goes. Uh, because you just turned uh, 30 or 40 or 50. So the accumulation of visceral fat around the organs, the accumulation of the little spare tire is a reliable sign of adverse lifestyle practices for both males and females. It is not acceptable. And I want you to challenge that notion and do whatever you can to chip away at that visceral fat. And when you make positive lifestyle changes, when you eliminate those toxic, nutrient-deficient, inflammatory foods, you can make quick progress on the spare tire because a lot of that is inflammation Uh, water retention, and things that aren't directly associated with having to drop 3,500 calories of stored fat. Again, that's uh, largely the subcutaneous fat that's on your calves, thighs, uh, upper neck, wherever you're uh, annoyed that you're carrying too much fat, as well as around the abdomen, the midsection, the rear end. But this is a different category. And that tightness in the abdomen is the sign of visceral fat, where the flabby, uh, pinching the skin and, and being able to pinch an inch—that's more uh, associated with subcutaneous fat. So, um, not that they're either or here, but uh, if you have that uh, belly that you could play the drums on, that's going to be the uh, the one that you really want to focus on. Okay. Here's uh, Dr. Lux describing this in further with a little science muscle and fat are two highly metabolic tissues. How our tissues act with our metabolic machinery matters. Visceral, or belly fat, is very toxic to us. It's responsible for chronic disease states like type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Muscles, on the other hand, improve our ability to manage glucose, dispose of glucose, And they have a role in mediating the severity of insulin resistance. So people that have insulin resistance or type 2 diabetes, you want them to exercise to improve their glucose control. If you exercise to increase muscle mass, you're also going to increase your HDL. That's widely uh, touted as the good cholesterol. It serves as, quote, nature's garbage trucks because it circulates through the bloodstream and cleans up damaged dysfunctional molecules. And eliminates them before they have a chance to do damage, for example, lodging on the walls of your arteries, uh, the small dense LDL, the problematic type of cholesterol, HDL is protective against those problems. And so increasing HDL via exercise and also believed via increased consumption of saturated fat is also believed to be uh, a way to increase HDL. Um, And the main goal, as I've said so many times, uh, backed by Dr. Kate Shanahan, Dr. Ron Sinha, I think Dr. Paul Saladino is also echoing this idea that your most important uh, blood marker is this triglyceride to HDL ratio. That's an improved metabolic profile of vastly more significance than the often misunderstood uh, total cholesterol number or the total LDL cholesterol number. Uh, So very quickly, you can listen to whole shows on this from uh, people like Dave Feldman. I think he and Peter Atiyah did like six hours of content on uh, understanding cholesterol and and the latest research, which uh, goes against the oversimplified and flawed notion that we've been told for years and decades that LDL is bad and HDL is good. It's not anything close to that. Um, There's so much more context that's important to understand. But uh, very briefly, Um, there's two types of LDL. There's small, dense LDL, which is potentially problematic. And then there's large, fluffy LDL molecules, which are largely uh, harmless. And you can have uh, increased levels uh, due to genetic factors or due to dietary changes like consuming more saturated fats. Okay, so if you can get into exercise, And especially doing that high intensity stuff and doing more regular everyday movement, you're going to chip away at that very disturbing risk factor of visceral fat. Okay, so with exercise, we don't want to overwhelm here you got a busy life, you only have so much energy, especially if your diet's scrappy, you don't have a lot of energy, but we want to start with increased walking and moving around every day. I would recommend putting into place a very modest morning routine. So at least the first thing you do every day is get into some form of exercise. It could be as simple as leashing up the dog and walking around the block, uh, but I'd love to encourage you to go a little further, uh, at least looking at the uh, the landing page for the morning routine course, at BradKerns.com, and you could see some tidbits of what I do that's definitely scalable to anyone at any fitness level. Also on this list to not overwhelm you would be micro workouts. Okay, so we have walking around more, we have doing some form of morning exercise, even if it's only five minutes, and we have doing micro workouts. So you're doing a one or two minute physical effort to break up your day of stillness. Now, if you want to get over to the gym and sign up and get into class again, if it's been a while, or you want to get out on the trail or do something more sophisticated, some weekend adventures, that's great. But let's take those bite-sized steps forward and toward the elimination of the spare tire and maintenance of muscle mass throughout your life. Uh, So we're going to quickly, since we have so much content on diet already, we're going to quickly overview some diet and supplement highlights for Aging Gracefully And the first opening point of the discussion is to ditch the highly processed, inflammatory, nutrient deficient modern foods. Uh, And in the recent books, we call them the big three refined industrial seed oils and refined grains and sugars and all the processed food that puts those uh, ingredients together and giving you all kinds of trouble. Uh, listen to my show with Jay Feldman where he talks about endotoxin. That's a term that you're gonna hear more and more. And that's when you're consuming these processed foods and you are you have an adverse reaction in the gut that can promote inflammation and leaky gut syndrome. So above and beyond the fact that your Slurpee is not giving you any nutrition, just sugar calories. Uh, the ingestion of sugar is not what's gonna kill you per se but it's the adverse effects of consuming processed foods, especially uh, liquid ingredients uh, that are heavy in sugar. Um, The oils, on the other hand, will kill you directly, and there's so much direct association between disease dysfunction, uh, DNA damage, uh, very quickly upon ingestion of these refined industrial, high polyunsaturated seed oils. And that term polyunsaturated, uh, you can remember... Uh, that the hydrogen ions are not saturated. Therefore, these molecules are unstable upon ingestion into the body, and they generate a lot of reactive oxygen species, free radicals, and that is the essence of disease decline and aging. So you are ingesting, (laughs) Dr. Kate Shanahan said, consuming industrial seed oils is literally no different than eating radiation out of a bottle because of the effect that it uh, immediate effect that it causes on the uh, DNA structure of the cells. And so if that's one thing you can take away from the entire 250 plus shows on the podcast is to completely eliminate refined industrial seed oils from your diet. Oh, simple. Grab the bottle and throw it away, right? Okay, no more canola oil, uh, corn oil, whatever you're stacking in your cupboard uh, from, you know, however long it's been there. Uh, But it's important to look at labels because you will be shocked if, if you haven't really been scrutinizing, you'll be shocked at how many foods and processed foods contain these refined industrial seed oils, and unfortunately, one of the major providers of this into our diet these days is dining out. Of course, we know that fast food is laden with all this stuff, uh, but also at fine dining, at medium dining, and at fine dining, uh, restaurants routinely cook their meals in these inexpensive, highly toxic, highly health-destructive Refined industrial seed oils. So, when you go to a fine restaurant or a medium restaurant like a chain or whatever, um, ask them to cook your meal in butter or other saturated fat or choose something else. Um, It's been cited by uh, Dr. Kate Shanahan that uh, some 40% of all the calories that you consume in a restaurant meal come from refined industrial seed oils because they are so calorie dense. And when the meal's cooked in the, uh, in the oil, you're going to have a great contribution of calories in that uh, fish stick or whatever steak burger that you're eating coming from the oils. Um, pretty easy, life-changing uh, modification to make. And yep, that's going to be taking away some of your go to items that you like to get from the frozen section at Trader Joe's or Costco and heat those up when you're in a rush. Uh, But look at the ingredient list and stay away from them. Of course, we know what happens with excess consumption of refined carbohydrates, both in the sugar category and the grains category. They're they're nutrient deficient. They can promote gut dysfunction. They can have inflammatory properties from things like endotoxin. And then with this chronically excessive insulin production, you're going to have difficulty burning stored body fat and a tendency to be dependent upon this dietary carbohydrate source for energy because uh, you are inhibiting your ability to... Uh, burn stored energy efficiently. And we should also add a category here uh, for the very prominent condition of uh, leaky gut syndrome, uh, an assortment of uh, digestive dysfunction associated with the reaction to consuming natural plant toxins. And that's what the carnivore movement is all about, is to uh, at least experiment with avoiding many of the foods that have been touted as health and nutrient centerpieces in the modern diet. And the most disturbing or the most category of most concern are uh, roots, seeds, leaves, and stems. And so we're talking about the leafy greens, the wonderful broccoli, and the cauliflowers, and the kale, and the celery. We're talking about um, your salad, your stir fry, um, your nuts and seeds, if you're sensitive to those, your uh, grains, of course, the the gluten and the lectin in all the grain foods. Everyone's pretty well aware of how problematic that can be to a lot of people. But I just want you to extend the lens uh, beyond just the gluten in the bread to the oxalates and the isothiocyanates and all the chemicals that Paul Saladino can recite in short order uh, in your salad, your spinach salad, and your kale smoothie. Uh, so, a if you are suffering from Uh, frequent digestive disturbances, gas, bloating, uh, transient abdominal pain after meals. Uh, You have nagging autoimmune or inflammatory conditions, things like asthma, allergies, arthritis, gastritis, colitis, things like that. Uh, You will do yourself a solid to perform an experiment with a 30-day dietary restriction. Uh, The more strict, the better, because that will give you the best data. And then you can start to add back in the least offensive plant foods and see how well you tolerate them. I just learned something from my recent show with Jay Feldman, who recommends not eating the skins of root vegetables like sweet potatoes and, uh, and others, because they have the concentration of the toxins. And so the insides are... Uh, acceptable, very low on the risk, uh, but you want to stay away from the skin. I used to love uh, scooping up the skin, so uh, we're trying to minimize our exposure to plant toxins in the event that we are sensitive to them, and we'd probably uh, make a safe argument that most people have some level of sensitivity. Uh, especially with the most biggest offenders like gluten or the consumption of raw forms of these plant toxins. So I'm talking about my super nutrition green smoothie, the super duper powerhouse where I put in uh, frozen celery, beets, kale, spinach, carrots, blend it all up. And you're getting this amazing uh, power packed with nutrition, but you are also getting an amazing concentrated dose of plant toxins. And as I've mentioned a few times, I was drinking this smoothie, I was on a kick. Uh, I learned about it from Dr. Rhonda Patrick, esteemed resource with her YouTube viral YouTube video showing us how to dump more celery and more spinach into the blender, and then blend it up and then add more because you can get more that way. Uh, And that for me, caused a problem virtually every time I consumed it. And I would experience this bloated stomach that would last for several hours after eating my super duper nutrition green smoothie. And boy, there's something wrong with that picture when you're trying to do something uh, you know, toward your health, but you're having this immediate adverse reaction every single time. So that was a recalibration necessary there. And how are you going to know if you have plant sensitivities without testing it out? And I contend that a lot of people are just... Uh, satisfied or content to not worry about minor health disturbances. They seem so normal. Don't all of us feel a little uncomfortable and gassy and bloated after certain meals? And then it goes away the next day and we go about our busy, important day. But what we're talking about here, as Saladino likes to say, uh, we're trying to go from level seven to level nine. And how do you know if you're at level seven or level nine right now? How do you know if you're not at level three or four or five and you have tremendous potential for health improvement and health awakening without testing and refining? And so I think a lot of us, I'm gonna guess, are uh, content to exist at level five or level six or even level seven if we're an extreme health enthusiast, but there might be further potential down the road. And so I always strive to uh, maintain an open mind, think critically, and take it to the next level whenever possible with testing, refining, and of course, sharing with you uh, on the podcast. And boy, uh, that was a major health awakening back in 2019 when I was first exposed to Dr. Saladino's message and made what I contend is a lifelong shift to a more animal-based diet because these are the most nutrient-dense foods on earth. So I want to have those as the centerpiece of my diet and in concert, de-emphasizing especially the highest risk plant foods because of their uh, plant toxicity and the unnecessary trade-off between uh, going for the, uh, the nutritional benefits of broccoli... I want to tell you about WildHealth.com. They're an online provider of comprehensive precision medicine and health consultation services. They offer DNA analysis, custom lab panels, extensive medical intake form with family history and lifestyle preferences, and regular online visits with a board-certified precision medicine physician and a health coach whom you can message anytime through their convenient app. Wild Health evaluates your data to determine what you need for nutrition, exercise, sleep, and supplements, and you can experiment, consult, and retest to get everything dialed in. You'll get a cutting-edge epigenetic test of DNA methylation to calculate your all-important biological age and have fun lowering your age over time instead of following the mainstream path to accelerated aging. It's time to strive for awesome instead of just normal. Wild Health is generously extending BRad podcast listeners 20% off the cost of membership. Just visit wildhealth.com/brad or use the code BRAD20 at checkout to get 20% off and start taking control of your health today at wildhealth.com/brad. And kale and celery versus the potential adverse reactions when I can get those same benefits from uh, other foods or other lifestyle behaviors. And uh, Paul has a good video on Instagram where he's jumping into the cold chest freezer full of ice and saying uh, how he's getting a antioxidant boost just as if he were drinking uh, a smoothie full of raw vegetables. And so we have these redundant pathways where we can obtain all those benefits without the downsides and the potential side effects of consuming uh, plant foods with a lot of toxins in them. And as you'll know from listening to my two recent publications, interviews with Jay Feldman and my four-part series of follow-ups with reflections on the energy balance model, I've had what I believe is another uh, major awakening or major checkpoint to uh, check on my beliefs, challenge them. Uh, recalibrate some things and test some different things out uh, when Jay talks about how fasting, keto, carb restriction, time-restricted eating all turn on stress hormones, and that is indeed the mechanism by which they work. So when you are liberating uh, energy from storage, due to fasting, due to carb restriction, whatever, you are turning on the stress response, the fight or flight response. That's a genetically programmed survival response. That's great. And it's nice to uh, hone these skills in comparison to being overfed and underactive your entire life, which is basically the essence of today's uh, metabolic syndrome and widespread diseases of uh, modern life. Uh, But in my case, I want to minimize my stimulation of stress hormones or prioritize that for my athletic endeavor And perform and recover. And so, my experiment, which is now uh, about two months into it, to uh, wake up, do my morning routine, of course, and then consume a huge bowl of fruit and a giant super nutrition smoothie, I think has been a big winner for me in comparison to uh, lingering and letting the hours go by. Uh, working, getting busy, whatever, maybe nibbling on some dark chocolate, but not eating a proper meal until midday in the name of health-boosting benefits of fasting. And yes, indeed, there are tremendous benefits to fasting. We can go on and on. There's full books and volumes about this, but we must not forget that it is indeed a stress response. And so speaking of redundant pathways, a properly conducted high-intensity workout where you have fuel available to perform without having to turn on the stress response without having to stack the stressors of uh, being fasted and performing at high intensity, uh, maybe that has the potential for overkill. And so I'm going to be fueling my workouts with more intention uh, based on this uh, new information and new strategy. And I think that's what it's all about, is we're marching forward together, people. So I encourage you to be open-minded, experiment, definitely listen to those Jay Feldman shows and my reflections afterward where I'm getting into great detail with the changes that I've made and the lessons that I've learned over time. Um, And with input from the world's leading experts, it's a really fun journey. And I appreciate you so much uh, being here with me. Uh, Send us a email, podcast at bradventures.com. I have some great fodder for a future Q&A show uh, from other people weighing in on some of this intriguing new information as presented in the recent shows. All right. And share the information with people you care about put it in there, push the button, send a, uh, a link to the podcast and we welcome we welcome all newcomers to the Brad podcast. thanks so much for being a loyal listener too. have a great day da, 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 da. Thank you for listening to the show. I love sharing the experience with you and greatly appreciate your support. Please email podcast at bradventures.com with feedback, suggestions and questions for the Q a shows.